Midday Live with Darshan Murli. Darshan Murli. Midday Live. Weekdays from midday to 1 p.m. on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. 34701 is your SMS hotline. You find us on Twitter today at SAFM Midday Live. You can tweet me directly at Darshan Mudley. Shortly, we'll play you an excerpt of the Chief Electoral Officer of the IEC, Masoto Moyapias, just briefed the media at the Results Operations Centre in Tswane. That's the National Rock Centre. He said he was pleased to say that by 11 a.m. today, the entire vote counting process was almost complete. In the Northern Cape, the tally so far, 99%. Western Cape, 84%. Eastern Cape, 80%. In the Free State, 74%. One of the concerning places is in KwaZulu-Natal, where in Etiquini, there are no results as yet available officially. We haven't seen them be made public. What are the reasons for that delay? We'll be hoping to chat to the IEC to find out more about this. The CSIR are going to talk to us shortly. Dr. Hans Itman is going to be speaking to us about what sort of predictions can we make at this stage with so much of the voters already in. We'll also be doing some political analysis with the Senior Research Associate at the Institute for Global Dialogue. Sanusha Naidu is going to be joining us. They're both at the Rock Center in Tswane. We're here in Gauteng at the Regional Results Operations Center in Auckland Park, where there were protests earlier today. So let's start in the economic center of the country. The Democratic Alliance today says they're pleased that they've already won several wards in Johannesburg, which were previously run by the ANC. With 22% of the votes counted in Johannesburg, the DA has 45% of the vote, the ANC almost 40%, and the EFF 9%. This comes as more than 100 tired and frustrated presiding officers in Gauteng left this provincial results center here in Auckland Park this morning, saying they'd been waiting the whole night in the cold. Here's a snippet of what happened this morning. Since yesterday, we went the whole night. We are here now. We can't even go to work for what for a thousand rents. Yeah. Because they're only going to pay us one thousand seven fifty, and then we left with a thousand rents. And are they? What is the pro? Are they taking too long now? To it's too long. It's crazy. It's not acceptable. This is abuse. Human abuse. So our reporters actually went up to some of the presiding officers to ask them what exactly was the issue. Our reporter Chriselda Lewis caught up with some of them. We arrived at the station at 5 o'clock to set up the station. We've been there for a very long day. We were on our feet. And the next thing when we were told to come here, I've been here since 1 o'clock. And I've been sitting, I've been taken from one seat to the other. And the next thing is, there is no clarity. SABC actually, IS is not giving us any clarity as to what is going to take place. You have been told, sit here, move from here and go there. And I mean, right now it's 6 o'clock and I've been waiting. I don't get any results. Nobody is saying anything. And the next thing, we have been giving another excuse. We reported the voting station yesterday. It's more than 24 hours being on duty. Nobody told us about this. It came as a surprise. And we've been you know, aware of this. So that is why people are so cross there. Yeah. And no one is taking care of us. We said them, we changed the chairs from the other chair to the other chair until now. And now, you know what, I'm a responsible teacher. I'm supposed to be at work now. I'm supposed to, to be with my children. So I'm not happy, I'm telling you. These people are not teaching, are not treating us the way they are supposed to. We 
we are not being paid the money. It's only because we are doing it for our country. They are supposed to respect us and treat us nicely. I've been working from 1994, but I think this was the worst ever that I have experienced, and this is the last that I ever will serve my country to work for the IEC. Thank you. Some of the presiding officers who were here this morning at the Gauteng Regional Results Operations Centre. In studio with us is the IEC's commissioner here in Gauteng, Maseko Shiburi. Thank you very much for joining us once again. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So what's your reaction to these presiding officers? They sounded angry. They were frustrated. They say they won't even help out again in the next election. What's your response to them? Uh, Look, uh, we regret the events of this morning. Uh, Whoever was responsible for them, I think it was an unnecessary action. Uh, But to all those presiding officers, uh, even with the incidents of this morning, I remain grateful for the good work that they do for their country and I hope that in future we may yet still call on them uh, to serve their country in that capacity. You say for who's responsible for them they need to be accountable. Who who is that today? I I, I assume the responsibility for the operations of the IEC in the province. Uh, Let me explain the reason why uh, we had the arrangement that we had. In terms of the law, a presiding officer is the competent authority to issue a result for a voting station. Given the level of scrutiny, given the level of mistrust in the IEC, I deemed it prudent that we should centralize the capturing of results so that we could do that under the watchful eye of political parties and where there's reason to reissue a new result slip or to do something, we can do it in the presence of uh, party agents. When we started, the process ran smoothly because uh, largely there were small uh, small stations, no big issues, so people could come in in less than 15 minutes, I reckon, would have been out and we didn't have problems. The problem became when we had a confluence of presiding officers at the peak of the, of the station. And the things that uh, combined to cause that thing was that was long queue, fatigued understandably people have been working for three days in the many of them they had to wake up very early on wednesday and but also that there were a number of them who had to complete the presiding officers diaries that were not completed correctly so those we've asked to refill the presiding officers diaries so that they can account for all the instances incidents if there were complaints if there were objections by political parties at their voting station to so record those pro- uh, correctly so that we have a record of what happened at each of those voting stations. It was a primarily an exercise of transparency to make sure to reassure political parties that there's nothing untoward that happens to results, that the results can be made and, 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 and compiled in their presence. To the extent that we've caused uh, inconvenience to the presiding officers, I offer my profuse apology and I think that uh, while I've offended them, I think they'll put their country first and still serve in that capacity in the future. Do you think anything could have been done to avoid this? You know, I've heard you, we've spoken before and you told me about you know, the, the challenge here in Gauteng there's so many voting stations, there's so many people registered to vote we, we kind of had an expectation that the numbers were high in this province. Was there anything that could have been done, you know, in retrospect now thinking back on it, that could have been avoided and perhaps for the next election could be put in place? In hindsight, probably maybe we could have made a far much better arrangement. We had about 40 verification sites here in the centre. We thought those will be able to facilitate the, 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 the presiding officers much quickly. We also assumed that the level of our training will result in better administration at voting stations so that documents come 
already fully completed so that people don't have to waste time doing the verification. And it turned out that in a number of cases we had to do, or we had to ask the present officers to reconstruct the diaries as though we were at the stations. Was that a difficult process? Because this morning when the presiding officers said they'd been waiting, there was a lack of communication, they said they'd been trying to get information and they didn't, when, the, when their frustrations finally reached that boiling point, they, they threw the tamper-proof bags onto stage. Granted, they were never opened. They also threw the results slips onto stage. People are concerned that this puts in jeopardy the credibility of these elections. Would you like to allay those concerns? Okay. Each temper-evident bag has a seal on it. They also has the markings of a unique voting station number. So once we've sorted those, once we know which one belongs to which station, which results belong to which uh, station. The results are also barcoded with a unique barcode that links it to a specific voting station so that we do not cross-capture results for various uh, uh, voting stations. Having said that, I think it would be remiss of me if I do not acknowledge the many presiding officers who remained behind, who even in those difficult circumstances said we are not going anywhere, we wish to hand in uh, the, 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 the labor of our work personally to you so that we take accountability for our work, we take pride in our work. For those, I am very humbled. Just a final question, if you'd oblige us. What are you dealing with now? What are the most pressing issues, concerns? What are you working on? Uh, people have voted uh, and uh, we want to issue a result as soon as practically possible. Uh, we anticipate that by uh, mid-afternoon, uh, late afternoon, we should have issued all the local municipal uh, elections and overnight, early hours of tomorrow morning, we pushing to issue the results for the three metropolitan municipalities. What we're doing now is a painstaking task in the interest to safeguard the electoral process of uh, dealing with exceptions. It doesn't say the result is wrong, but those are built in safeguards into the system that while the, system, the result has been accepted, there are parameters that we must look out for built into the, to, to, to protect the integrity of the election. For an example, you cannot have a situation where there is 100% voter turnout in a station and it doesn't raise eyebrows. So those instances we must investigate. If there are instances of MEC 7, we must investigate those. If there are instances of variance in the votes that the party received between the PR and what ballots and the, the variance is too big, uh, we, we must investigate those. Those does not suggest that the result is necessarily incorrect, but it says there is something out of the ordinary. Relook at it and confirm. So it's a painstakingly painstaking job and also we can't release the results before they are independently verified by the team of auditors that we have at each of our capturing sites including here at the CBC. You had any sleep? Uh, no, no, uh, but uh, presiding officers I think have had it much worse than I have so if they can bear with it uh, Second I, 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 should be, I should be able to, I should not be able to ask them to do things that I'm not willing myself to do. That's a noble quality in a leader, Maseko Shiburi. Thank you very much for joining us. He's the Gauteng Independent Electoral Commissioner here in charge of the Results Operations Centre in Gauteng. We appreciate his time. Of course, he's one of the busiest people here to speak to, so each time he comes in to speak to us, we do appreciate him bringing in this information. 34701 is your SMS hotline at SAFM Midday Live. You can tweet me right now at Darshan Mudley. It's 18 minutes after 12. 105.2 105.2 The home of SAFM in East London. East London SAFM South Africa's news and information leader
Just a quick recap on your top story. At this point, the IEC says it's captured almost 78% of the results of the country's fifth local government elections. It says by 11 a.m., the entire vote counting process was almost complete. 99% in the Northern Cape, 84% in the Western Cape, 80% in the Eastern Cape, 74% in the Free State. In KwaZulu-Natal, we're still seeing no results in Etiquini, so we're wondering what's happening there. 34701 at SAFM Midday Live. You'll find me at Darshan Mudley. So as we said, from our studios at the uh, Results Operations Center in Pretoria, we have uh, Dr. Hans Itman. He's the uh, director of the CSIR and senior research associate at the Institute for Global Di- Dialogue, Sanusha Naidu. To both of you, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Darshan. So, Dr. Itman, if, if I could start with you, you know, we, we were waiting for some of these results to come in, and I believe CSIR said, you know, with about 10% of the results in, we could make some good predictions. Now, with 78% of the results in, what can you tell us? Yeah, I think the uh, predictions that we've got, given uh, the um, uh, voting district's uh, results out, is basically, uh, you know, we're at the point where we can say it's a done deal. Um, in most of, uh, well, at the national level, provincial lev- level, and also at in the major uh, metros, I think our predictions is within maybe 0.1 of a percentage or 0.2 out. But, um, you know, I don't think those are going to change much, um, you know, with additional uh, results coming in. So what, what do your predictions say so far? Uh, at, the, at the national level, uh, I find it quite interesting if I look at um, what the polls said, uh, that the ANC was going to get 54%. Our prediction says that the ANC is going to get 54.8%. Uh, the polls said uh, 26% for the DA. Our uh, prediction is 26, almost 27%. Uh, the EFF8 and our prediction says 8%. So the the polls was uh, at a national level uh, quite good. Um, I think uh, if I then go down to the uh, various provinces uh-huh. um, uh, in Gauteng, the ANC we are predicting with uh, 40, uh, 41% of the voting district results known. Uh, the ANC we are uh, forecasting 47 the DA 37.3%, the EFF 10.8% and the uh, VFP 1.4%. I can go through a number of these things, you know, uh, people might find it difficult to, 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 um, you know, to listen to all of that. What I can say is that we now have four of the major metros, um, that is... uh, Tswane, um, Johannesburg, Ekwerulene uh, uh, and um, Nelson Mandela where we're going to have to have um, coalitions because there's none of the parties with a clear majority. What's an afternoon without Midday Live? Only on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. 
A very good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Darshan Mudley. We appreciate your time today. It's results day on uh, SAFM here, and we're trying to bring you what are the latest results that we can find from the IEC's uh, entire vote counting process. It says is almost complete. Nationally, 78% of the results have been captured so far. Uh, Dr. Sunisha Naidu joining us. Uh, she's a senior research associate at the Institute for Global Dialogue. Sunisha, thanks for your time again. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Darshan. I mean, are there you know some interesting analysis that we can look at in terms of these figures? I mean. Particularly here, if we, if we look in Gauteng, the DA is leading in, in all three metros. Uh, the race is still neck and neck, but, but less than 50% of the votes declared. I mean, w- what do you make of what's happening here in this province? Yeah, I think, you know, in, in Gauteng, it's going to be quite an interesting race, as um, the colleague from CSR had pointed out, in terms of um, the, the, the actual percentage and the prediction of the polls and the prediction of the CSR model and, and, and so forth. But I think an important point to also mention is, as, the, as, as more of the districts and the different wards and voting stations start putting in their results, you can start seeing the, 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 the actual percentages starting to pan out. And once you start seeing that happen, I think maybe by tomorrow, of tomorrow or maybe early tomorrow morning, late tomorrow afternoon, the bigger metros, the bigger areas within the metros. I think we've got to be very careful when we think of Nelson Mandela uh. Bay. It's made up of a number of different areas. And, and in one area, you can have a massive amount of votes that come from one particular station versus an, a small level, a small amount of votes from another station. So this kind of then reconciles the numbers. And once that starts to happen, then we start getting a more coherent picture of these things. And I think right now, when you're looking at Nelson Mandela Bay, we're looking at an at it in terms of where the DA is at the moment. At the moment, uh, according to the IEC uh, results page, it says it's around about 52%. Um, again, once these areas come in, um, I think the other the other thing that's, that we have to bear in mind as well is um, what can happen uh, as these numbers are coming in? Are the parties now talking to each other? Are there different types of dialogues, different types of uh, discussions taking place uh, between the parties and amongst the parties about what they're going to be doing in terms of going forward? Uh, and this is now where the kind of horse trading starts to, start to, yeah. to happen. Mm. Maybe I can just come in sure. there if it's okay. Uh, in Nelson uh, Mandela Bay, uh, we have... Uh, 67 of the voting district results in. Now, what you quoted is the actual results currently. Now, what we're doing is we're predicting for the full, um, uh, uh, the end result. And there the DA uh, uh, will come down from, I think you mentioned 52 to 47, uh, the, EF, uh, the ANC to 42, and the EFF to 4.5. So, uh, you know, what is shown by the IEC at the moment is clearly not the final result. But our model does take into consideration and it looks at the other uh, voting districts and we have a very good idea of the composition of those uh, voting districts. So we feel fairly confident with uh, 67% of the voting district results out that our forecast is basically accurate. I mean, I, I heard Ms. Otumayapia, the, uh, the, the, the CEO of the, the IEC, saying, you know, the results of the municipalities with smaller populations have, you know, normally declare first, and those results have come out. It means, you know, potentially, could, could we not be seeing some rather big swings later today, Dr. Edman? I, I don't think so. Uh, you know, uh, unlikely, very strange. I mean, I... Uh, I, I don't understand why uh, there's nothing from Etiquini. Well, that's the that strange one, isn't it? Things. But for the rest, uh, we have 
you know, more than 30-40% of the voting district results. Uh, our model typically is fairly accurate with only 10-15% to 15 of the voting district results out. So I can't see that things are going to change that dramatic, uh, dramatically. Uh, Sanusha, I, I want to come back to Gauteng because mm -hmm. the DA has won several areas away from the ANC. Mayfair, Widmead, Lanasia South, Dipcliff, Alex. I mean, these are traditionally ANC strongholds. The DA resting control away from them. What sort of analysis can we do on this? I mean, we spoke about it in the earlier session with Sakina about these areas that mm. were traditional strongholds of the, of the party and they've now moved uh, towards the DA. And I think that's kind of talks to what what has been in the in the analysis in the run up to this election about how do how are voters expressing themselves what kind of frustrations they're having mm. and when you start to see your strongholds starting to move away from you then you start to realize you know what there's something not going uh, there's something fundamentally wrong with the way that we are re the way we are actually uh, governing these these different uh, um, regions. More importantly, I think, Darshan, is a question here in terms of we're we, we, we concentrating a lot about these four metros, these highly contested metros that have been mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. But what is also important is that uh, what will be the impact if you start seeing the, the ANC lose one of the three big metros in Gauteng? Bearing in mind that Gauteng is the economic heartland of the country, bearing in mind that these metros, in particular in Joburg and in Irkoleni, have very good financial uh, finances, resources, and of course uh, actually have a better access of finance than the national government. Well, Dr. And Edmund, this then th becomes a critical issue in terms of why is it that where you have been performing well, from that 2014, we've seen a drop of the party at a national level reflection. Now at the local government uh, level, where it's much more intense, much more complex, and this is where democracy really works, you're seeing that shift. And this is going to be dramatic for the party, because then the party, you know, in a sense, it's given up on the Western Cape. Let's mm. be honest. It yeah. doesn't really care. It's, it, it just goes through the motions. But in this province, I think if it's going to lose, if the DA takes, takes either one of these two big metros or if there's some kind of coalition building, it's going to be very interesting for the party. And what does it do then? Can I maybe just add to that? Sure. sure. And I'm talking about Pretoria now. In Pretoria, this uh, uh, area which we call Pretoria Townships. Now, it's the traditional ANC support. The support for the DA compared to 2014 has almost doubled. Now from a low base, 7% to almost 14%. Now it's a low base, but it, there's a big message in that. Uh, exactly what you're saying. People are saying, you know, we're not happy. And they're uh -huh. using the democratic right to start changing their vote. Elections 2016 So let's head to KwaZulu-Natal now. Another IEC presiding officer in KwaZulu-Natal has allegedly been dismissed last night. This time it was around Ulundi. It follows a suspension of 40 IEC officials in the province over the past three days for the incorrect administration of votes. According to reports, the IEC official was removed from her position before the close of voting stations for allegedly tampering with the voting process. Our reporter on the line to us is Vusi Makusini. Are you there, Vusi? Are you on the line, Tess? 
Okay, we're trying to get him on the line. Vusi Makusini, our reporter, just to give us an update on that. Uh, we're also hoping to speak to the KZN Provincial Electoral Officer, Moetu Mosri, to give us an update on what's happening. I believe he's on the line to us. Mr. Mosri, thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, sir. So what do you make of what's happening in the province at this stage? Are you concerned, pleased, excited? Uh, I'm I'm fine. Uh, I think that's a, a better expression. Uh, we're doing well as a province. We're progressing very well, and uh, we are already focusing on uh, focusing on when we are likely to conclude the results process. At this stage, we're looking good. We have 13,500 results to capture, uh, and we've done over 9,000 at this point. So we have another 4,000 to do, and we're looking good to completing that task late tonight. Mm. So you're looking for the end game here. You're looking for closing this proceeding, but there are no voting stations being declared in Etikwini at all. Why has that not started? Um, we have declared quite a number of voting stations in Etikwini, and I do believe that there's something happening between uh, the work that we are doing and uh, the public domain of the information of those concluded. So can you and give us the results now? Etegwini uh, is not declared as in the complete municipality because we are still capturing, there's still 700 uh, results for Etegwini that we are still to capture. So the, 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 what you will see in a few minutes' time on the public website is what we have concluded in voting stations so that uh, you are able to start to build a picture of possibilities. Forty IEC officials in the province being dismissed in the last three days. What do you think went wrong? Um, nothing went wrong. I think we are standing true to our impartiality and our integrity as the Electoral Commission. And where we see a transgression of our framework, uh, the breach of the Code of Conduct, uh, we act swiftly and we remove people who are compromising the integrity of the election. And that's what we've done, we've done with all the officials that we had to re- remove. Do you, do you think you, your procedures for, for letting in these IEC officials in the first place needs to be re-looked at? Not necessarily, because uh, every individual that we had had gone through some security check, uh, limited as it was, uh, but secondly, they went through a political party verification process uh, where all the political parties contesting this election were satisfied that the individual can head and manage a voting station. And if they now then uh, decided to do a, a criminal act or an alleged criminal act, uh, it's disheartening on our side as a commission. And some of them was just failure of application of proper procedures and uh, we felt that and uh, if they fail on the simplest of our procedures which is special votes it might be worse if we allow them to continue managing voting stations on election day
Mawete Mosri, thanks for joining us. He's the KZN Provincial Electoral Officer. Now let's speak to the Limpopo Electoral Officer in Karumateta. Earlier this morning said they were expecting to finalize vote counting by this afternoon. The ANC leading the polls in Limpopo earlier today, receiving between 60 and 62 percent of the votes. For the latest, we're joined on the line by the IEC's Limpopo Commissioner in Karumateta. Thank you very much for your time. Good afternoon. Good afternoon and good afternoon to the listeners. So we, we did hear the ANC leads in the province. Uh, how far are you in the vote counting process at this point? Well, uh, we are still um, on. We currently standing at um, around 42% uh, of uh, the results that have been uh, captured and uh, we're still going. We had some issues with uh, uh, delays with telecom uh, lines. Some of our municipalities are just on and off. And that really has an impact on the rate at which we would uh, like to capture uh, the results. Uh, fortunately, we are done with um, uh, two municipalities. We are 100% done with um, Maruleng municipality as well as Bela Bela municipality. With the smaller, other smaller municipalities also catching up quite fast. And uh, we think that uh, the bigger municipalities will start trickling in. And uh, by this afternoon, we suspect we would be done. In, in Vuwani, where there's been a shutdown of services for the last three months, uh, the Promocadu group saying they would boycott elections and actually uh, discourage people from voting. How many votes have been recorded in the area? Can you give us a turnout there? Yes, approximately 1,006, between 1,600 and 1,700. And, you know, what is even more interesting is that each watch is accounted for. There are people who participated where we can count votes and allocate that vote to somebody who might have won. The lowest figure of uh, votes in one of the wards was about seven uh, uh, people that participated. So even if it's two or one or whatever, that person would have won. That vote will be counted and the, the, the seat will be allocated to a party or an independent candidate. So really we are quite excited that we can account for all the uh, wars that have been affected. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some cases, uh, some of the VDs, there was poor participation because of intimidation. In well, some cases... I, I want to find out, what, what, was, what was the total in the area? You said 1,600 people may have voted in the Vuwani area. What, what was the total who were registered? The registration figure was standing at 44,000 people. So 44,000 people were expected to present themselves at the voting stations. And uh, as I'm saying, intimidation was a key factor. And we're quite excited that those people who were breaking our, our regulations, our electoral act, have been arrested and they have been charged with the provisions of uh, the prohibited conduct of the electoral code of conduct. So really, we're quite serious about this matter that you cannot, if you don't want to exercise your right, don't intimidate those that want to do so. And Karu Mateta, thank you very much for your time, the IEC's Limpopo Commissioner. Midday Live, only on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. So the IFP has won in Kandla. The EFF is making a showing in all of the metros. The IEC has uh, explained why no voting stations have yet declared in Etiquini. They say there's a small problem with their results system, but there are results, they say, trickling in. It's interesting in Gauteng, Mayfair, Woodmead, Lanasia South, Deepcliff, Alex, traditionally ANC strongholds, voted DA today. Let's get some analysis on the latest results that we're getting in. We have uh, in our Pretoria studios, the senior research associate at the Institute for 
Global Dialogue. Sanusha Naidu, thanks for joining us once again. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dasha. So can we start with KZN? Uh, wh- where would you like to pick up first? Uh, in Kandla or why we have no results from Etiquini? Either. Okay, so let's let's start with Etiquini. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's very curious. I mean, you have other metros, the results are coming in. Um, we're getting very excited about these closely contested metros, etc. And these were the ones that were the ones that we saw as hot uh, hot spots in this election. Etiquini was not a hot spot. It didn't have any of that. It didn't attract any of that attention in the run up to the to the election in terms of having some of the issues. Yes, we know there was a lot of. Uh, issues around the political assassinations of, of candidates and so forth, but it wasn't something that said, "Oh, something's going to happen in this metro around the results." And now we be, and now I have to wonder what's going on. I mean, if if, if the the IC official, the IC head in, in KZN is saying that it'll come on, it'll come on stream very soon. But you know, you if you've got the results there, and you've actually computed it and uploaded it, and if it's going through the process, why is, aren't we seeing some results come out? You know, is it a technical mm. issue? Is there a technical glitch? What's going on? But I I find it very curious, and I'm wondering to what extent perhaps these results are being disputed. Mm, I mean, that's I, the, it seems to be suggested when the IEC tells us, you know, they're trying to verify these results and ensure that they that they are credible before they release them. It suggests that right now they cannot endorse these results as being credible. D- Dr. Etman, you wanted to come in there. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think there is a problem. Uh, it's very similar to what happened in um, Johannesburg, Gauteng in 2014, where there was also con- uh, results contested and. Uh, you know, when 50% of the the, the, the total country's uh, uh, voting district's results were out in Gauteng, they only had 17%. Uh, but what we can say is we do have a forecast for KwaZulu-Natal uh-huh. based on all the other results. And uh, it's based on about 49% of voting district results. Now, unless something uh, s- very strange is happening in um, in uh, the, the the area where we're not getting the results, I can't see that our result that our forecast is going to change much. Uh, currently, we're forecasting the ANC to get uh, 58.6% of the vote. Uh, what is interesting, the IFP is second, 20.1%. Then the DA, uh, 15.4%, and then the EFF 3.5%. Um, I, 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 I'm kind of hesitant to say that this will be the, the final result because I don't know what's happening in those areas where we're not getting any results. Mm, I mean, Dr. Edman, how, how do you account for places like Vuane in, in your modeling? When 1,600 people voted out of a potential 44,000, Now, how do you account for, for, for some of these discrepancies in a model that's trying to predict a, a final result? Yeah, our, our, our model is, is really looks at people with the same sort of socio-economic um, and demographic uh, sort of circumstances. Uh, and if less people are going to vote, um, uh, we still look at who did they actually vote. And our, our model really only then looks at those people who haven't actually voted. And, uh, div- you know, say, if, if this is how the people in a certain cluster has voted, uh, people in that same cluster elsewhere would have voted in the same kind of patterns. So, Nisha, we, we haven't really talked much about the West in Cape, but, but could we first just quickly look at, at Nkandla, the mm-hmm. IFP winning there? W- what do you make of that? 
mean, it's all, I mean, the IFP has always been that has been their stronghold, mm. and and it, and I think for the IFP, it's a vindication as well in many ways to retain the stronghold. And I mean, just looking just you know on, the, on some of the the aggregate results that have been posted on the IEC uh, results page, and if you look at the IFP in a, in a kind of provincial picture that's coming out, it it seems to be doing fairly well, especially in some of its stronghold. You know, you've got Nongoma, you've got Ilundi, and stuff like that, uh, areas like that, where in a sense, I think it, 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 it kind of shifted pattern in, in 2011 and perhaps even in 2014. But I'm wondering to what extent this NFP debacle has actually brought some of the voters back to the IFP in these areas. Because up until the eve of the election, there was a lot of uncertainty about what the NFP is endorsing or who, which parties they were endorsing. And I think when you start having that uncertainty as a political party, it becomes very frustrating for the supporters of that political party to then say, do I have the trust in this party because let's be honest the nfp issue was something that should not have happened great stories told by great personalities safm south africa's news and information leader at the whites only town of aranya in the northern cape will remain after the anc regained control of the tembelichle municipality the anc has won four seats in the council followed by the da with two and the EFF with one. The municipality was previously under the control of a coalition among the DA, COPE and an independent councillor. The EFF has vowed to shake things up at Oranya should it have one. Lerato Sejalo reports. Results have been declared at three municipalities in the province. Tembelichle and Gamirsberg municipality are now under the control of the ANC. At Renosterberg, the IEC is still verifying the results. ANC regained control of the Tembelichle municipality after they lost in a by-election three years ago. The party says their target of 70% is attainable. Provincial Secretary Zamani Sol elaborates. We are excited by the outcomes and Tembelichle municipality was under the coalition of opposition parties. We've managed to win the municipality decisively and we are very grateful, extremely excited. Uh, we just want to thank the community of Tembelichle for voting for the African National Congress. This result will come as a relief for the residents of Orania. Article 235 of the Constitution allows for self-determination, giving this community their right to exist. The enclave held its own unofficial council elections yesterday in parallel with the IEC vote. In the lead-up to elections, the EFF said should they win, the town might cease to exist. This tune has now changed, and they now say their failure to win this municipality is not defeat. Provincial Secretary George Nyakama says the party has made incredible strides. We as EFF, in terms of uh, the percentage uh, of national election 2014 compared to this one, specifically in Tembelitle, we have done our best, 13% almost. We never had councillors before. It's not like maybe we have lost anything. I mean, we have won. The intention is to work towards 2019 in terms of increasing our, the volumes of our votes. The IC is confident that results of the outstanding 23 municipalities will be announced by midday. IC Provincial Manager Ponolo Mudise explains their progress in the province. We have been able to complete the counting in three of our municipalities. We are doing very well in terms of the other 23 that are still outstanding. We are confident that by midday today we would have received all results from all the stations and we would have been able to announce who the party is that would be leading council in the new term. The two municipalities whose results I can confirm is Tembelichle and uh, Gamisberg, where the ANC won the majority of seats in both councils. That was IC Provincial Chair Bonolo Mudise. I'm Lerado Sakhalo, 
in Kimberley. 34701 at SAFM Midday Live. You've been writing in at Darshan Mudley. I'll read out those SMSs shortly. We just had some breaking news from uh, the Northern Cape. The IEC has told us 100% of the counting is being completed. Uh, Sanusha Naidu and Dr. Hans Itman joining us uh, in studio in Pretoria. Sanusha, we, we don't really focus much on the Northern Cape. I mean, this is one of the largest provinces by area, but one of the smallest populations. Should we be paying more careful attention? Yeah, I mean, I think the Northern Cape, is, in, in a sense, if you're looking at the, at the vote now and you're looking at the results that have been verified and uploaded, the ANC has done fairly well. Um, it's an area that I think the DA in itself wants to also have as a contingent, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a province that lies next to the Western Cape, in a sense. You have some kind of a link to it as well. But I think the ANC has shown that it has retained uh, that, that, that area. Mm, I mean, I, we can remember the Maybe West. I can just add to sure, that. Sure. Uh, the, if you compare it with uh, the uh, provincial election in 2011, the ANC there had 63.8, so it's lost a little bit of support. Uh, the DA hasn't actually increased its um, uh, percentage vote that much, and uh, the EFF, I think, has taken some of the votes from the ANC, but not much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we can remember, you know, during the drought, the Western Cape government assisting farmers in the Northern Cape, providing hay, providing water. Uh, you know, Sanusha, just speaking to this point of, of almost cross-border relations right yeah. within a country, uh, how much does that actually help, you know, come voting? I mean, you know, the the point about this kind of intra-provincial assistance mm. and cross-border re- relationships, etc. In South Africa, I think we still remain very much along the lines of provincial linkages. Our identity is very much defined by the provinces that we reside in or, in the sense, um, uh, have, have moved to. And so I think in that way, that linkage kind of, it makes sense and, and to have that. And you think that perhaps with the DA so having rolled out that kind of um, relief support to the Northern Cape farmers would have had some impact. But perhaps it's not something that, 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 that actually gets the kind of headline news in the sense to say, well, I'm not sure if the DA actually put it into its election campaigning in the province, that this is what it was bringing into the province itself. And I think that in itself remains an issue, you know, in terms of how the election campaign has been performing, how, 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 how the different parties have been un, unveiling their, their election manifestos. Some of the election manifestos had very good stuff in it, but I don't think the, the parties themselves spoke to their election manifestos in the, in, in the, in the run-up in, 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 to this election in terms of campaigning. I had this SMS from uh, Romano Morgan. Let's read this one out for you guys. It's, it, it says, um, I'm listening to the election results, and some of the results I find very strange. In that particularly those most severely affected by bad service delivery are the ones that still vote for the ANC. Does not make logical sense. The wards won already by the ANC all have major service delivery issues. Uh, Dr. Edmund, I'm not sure if you can engage with that SMS. I mean, is that what you're seeing? Uh, yeah, I think what what is very clear from this election is that people in urban areas are using their democratic rights and they're shifting their votes. In the rural areas where there's a lot of problems around service delivery, people still vote for their same uh, traditional party. Uh, Why that's the case, I find very difficult to understand. Um, It is people who I think just don't understand that you have a right to actually um, 
you know, express your unhappiness with what the current uh, local government is actually doing. I mean, Sanusha, speaking to that point, shouldn't we have seen, you know, these these independent candidates had been lauded coming into this election, 800 or so registered. At one point, we, we could have even had a thousand independent candidates, the most in democratic South Africa that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But where are they on the leaderboard? We don't see them anywhere. This, you know, some say local government elections are just a PR top up, right? This allows a greater share of the power to be split among the smaller parties. Where are they? Yeah, I think in the run-up to the election, there was a lot of hype about the, 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 the independent candidates. And you quite rightly point out, Darshan, that, you know, you want to see them on the board. Uh, but I also think that, you know, there's a reason they left the party. There was a reason why they either left the party or they were dissatisfied. They decided that they were going to contest it on their own as an individual. But I think the danger with independent part, uh, candidates as well is that there is the uncertainty that when they, if they do get some kind of, of support or, or, or votes, would they go back to the party that they left? And so perhaps what we're seeing with the electorate, and I think this is the point uh, we need to emphasize, is that we are seeing very savvy voters out there. These are not the voters that have just sat back and said, oh, I always vote on party lines and loyalty lines. I think in urban, metro, in urban centers and especially in the metros, uh, the voters are actually making the parties work. Mm-hmm. They're making them sweat and they're saying, you know what? You can't just take me for granted anymore. I think they've become very sophisticated. We haven't spoken too much about splitting the vote in terms of the PR ballot and the ward ballot, uh, in terms of how, P- how, part- how, con- how voters may actually want at the PR level vote for one political party, but believe that the ward councillor from another political party is going to uh, basically take, uh, take care of their needs, address their services, address their concerns. And this is what I think is happening. So to, to, to that SMS, I think... You know, we've, we 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 kind of over also become overcritical of ourselves. We want to see the shifts, and perhaps it's a gradual shift. It's happening. It's there. Mm. Uh, the fact that we have these closely contested metros is an indication that the indivi- that the voters are not becoming complacent. They're actually becoming extremely savvy about political parties, and political parties also need to start recognizing that complacency is no longer in the game. Rural voters, on the other hand, you know, it's going to take a little bit more time to see that set into the into the electoral landscape but of course you know if you start looking at some of the areas that we've been talking about like we talked about the IFP and so forth there's interesting shifts and trends that we need to pick up when we look at these these results mm-hmm. I mean I've, I, yes Dr. Edmund c- can I just mention something which mm-hmm. I suddenly thought of uh, personally I've received about 15 SMS's from the DA and uh, the DA has really uh, done an uh, enormous amount around that kind of thing. I didn't receive anything from any other party. And that possibly also had an effect, especially in the ur- urban areas. Mm. I mean, there's a, there's a perception, at least among young people, that, that political parties need to work pretty hard if they want them to vote. Can we, you know, look at the vote at this point and, and, and look at any voting patterns among young people as to how they voted in this election? I mean, I think we, we were actually break, we were debating it earlier and we were asking the very same question. And there was an interesting debate happening about whether 
young people look towards national election and actually make more of an effort to go out and vote there than they do at local government. And it's, no, it's anom anomalous because local government and local government spaces is where you actually have the issues about economic development, social development, service delivery. How, In fact, in, the, in, in, in a nutshell, it's about your livelihood. And if you're not making that, 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 that kind of tr shift towards actually saying this is a very important area of the democratic participation and where you need to go in and exercise that democratic participation, but you're only doing it at the national, I think that's the anomaly. I mean, I think there was some, some data that was released about the percentage of, uh, I mean, the, 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 the 18 to 29 co age cohort, there's about 11.8 million uh, voters. Uh, in that age cohort, of which 6.3 million are registered to vote, and we cannot be certain that that six of that 6.3 million, how many will go out to vote? Mm. Sanusha Naidu, thank you very much for joining us, Senior Research Associate at the Institute for Global Dialogue, and Dr. Hans Etman, thank you very much for your time. He's at the CSIR. Jack and Alberton wrote in saying, "I'm very worried, even though I voted for the ANC and always have. Looks like it's the perfect time to partially repent. Looks like Jesus is on his way back. The blue sky is all over." President Zuma has cost us dearly. This came in from Nkosi Pete Mtimbe, writing in from Johannesburg, saying, I still believe that my ANC will retain all the metros. And Erasmus in Lovwin Kwamashu says, I'm not by any means a DA supporter, but all I'm saying is the ANC has caught a rude awakening in the metros especially. That's where we ended for this results show. We'll be back in a short while. Stay with SAFM for all the results coming out today. From myself and the team, we'll be back with you shortly. Stay tuned. Thank you.